The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. Welcome to 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Knower podcast presented by Northern Lights. Now here's your hosts, David Yaz and Camp Tell Knower director Ephraim Udowitz. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the maiden voyage of 10 to 2, the Camp Tell Knower podcast. Exciting day today as we bring to you all the magic of Camp Tell Knower in the form of a podcast. And this is David Yaz, an alum of CTN. But more importantly, I want to introduce who the guy who's really the central figure and the star of the show, Ephraim Udowitz, the director of Camp Tell Knower. Let him know, everybody. You always make me sound so cool. I'm doing my best with what I have. I'm doing my best <laughs> with the subject. <laughs> but um, it wasn't giving you much to work with. Sorry. No, no, no. You're uh, you're a star as far as I'm concerned, and uh, doing a fine job at uh, our camp of golden pleasure, Camp Telnor. But uh, Ephraim, since um, you're going to be on all these pods, uh, unfortunately I may be too. But nevertheless, um, ten to two, the Camp Telnor podcast. Some people may not even know. What that means, in fact, I'm going to come clean and say I didn't know it until earlier, <laughs> earlier today. So that's a camp thing. So what yeah. does 10 to 2 mean? So 10 for 2 is... 10 for 2. That's right. I said 10 to, Did I say 10 to 2? Yeah, we were going to let it slide. For I'm two learning. 10 for 2 is the expression that our campers and our staff and our parents use and, and a lot of our alumni use to express the, the way that they live their entire life 10 months of the year waiting for the two months of the summer. It's this anticipation. It's the way that they think about camp all year round. It's the way that the, you know, dark days of December are brightened a little bit because they're constantly thinking about camp. So 10 for two is the idea. 10 months of the year are just the anticipation for the best two months of the year, which is the summer. At camp. If, if you can make it through those 10 months, you get those two magical months at camp. I have to say, being a CTN person, that in many ways, <laughs> this is the way you look at it. Not that your life was hell outside of camp, but that's how good camp was. Yeah, it's like everything else. The best sort of explanation that I remember someone sharing is like the rest of the year is in black and white and then two months of the year is in full color. Like that's how it works for these kids, for people who love camp. Yeah, they get through the rest of the year and, you know, they're doing their things and they have their friends, but the summer is where it's at. That's what they live for and that's what they look forward to all year round. I used to just cross off the days on the calendar countdown until I got to go back to camp. So... Before we uh, continue here, and we have two great guests with us, the um, Team Namias, as uh, I like to call them. Do you want to introduce our guests briefly? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let them share a little bit more about uh, their, you know, their background and, and who they are, but i um, just thrilled to have you guys, Josh and Maddie. Um, why don't you guys just introduce yourself? Thank you. <clears throat> Very happy to be here. Maddie, you want to go first? I'm Maddie. I'm going to be in Bunk 14. Which is, by the way, Maddie, I'm going to introduce you for a second. That is such a camp thing. Yeah. That is like the key identifier. Of like, you know, I'm Maddie. I'm Bunk 14. It doesn't matter where I'm from. It doesn't matter what town I'm in. It doesn't matter anything else about me. My identity is Camp Tell Noah, Bunk 14. That's all you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. In so that case, that... I'm Josh, and I'm kind of Bunk 52 at this point <laughs> based on my age. But, uh, yep. No, go ahead, Maddie. Keep going. How many years at camp? This is going to be my fifth year. Fifth year. So, what? I'm sorry, what bunk did you say? 14. Bunk 14. So is that Sofot or Bogo? Sofot. Sofot. Last year in Sofot. This will be your last year in Sofot, is yeah. that right? Okay. That's the, you know, you, you always want, you, you want, you're striving towards those Bogo and Bogo privileges, right? Because <laughs> right. they're so cool. Um, and sir? 
So, uh, what Joachim are you doing Rice. here? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I'm accompanying Maddie, made sure she had a ride here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was uh, at camp for about, uh, I think, nine or ten years. Uh, it really defined a lot of who I was, and I think Maddie really had no choice, even though she made the decision on her own. Uh, but I think she saw the passion that, that I had for it. Uh, and fairly contagious. How many years did you go to CTM? So about nine, nine or ten yeah. years. Yeah. Yep. And, Started um, in bunk two and then through CIT year. So I'll come clean and say I, I was I don't think I was ever your counselor per se, but I coached you in softball. Had, yeah, coach. You waited on my table <laughs> one year. Before we get to all the stuff with Maddie and Josh, let me just tell you a little bit about Northern Lights, our, our entertainment sponsor for 10 for 2, the Camp Town podcast. Uh, Northern Lights, much more than just music. Northern Lights is dedicated to helping you create the event of your dreams. These guys are awesome. Whether you want an elegant affair or an out-of-this-world extravaganza, the Northern Lights team of entertainment professionals will work with you to produce an affair custom to your style. They do all kinds of events, but what I know them for is bar and bar mitzvahs. I've been to a zillion bar and bar mitzvahs with Northern Lights. They're all one is more entertaining than the next. Incredible energy, passion, incredible music. The kids absolutely love it and eat it up. Learn more by visiting northernlightsentertainment.com. They've rocked the house at Camp Tel Noah, right, Ephraim? Am I right? The beach. They the, rock the beach. They rock the beach, so you had a beach party with Northern Lights. Awesome. They rock Tell Noah. They're ready to rock your world. Start planning your event now at northernlightsentertainment.com. Our good friend supporting this podcast. So are we ready to roll and really get to know Maddie and Josh? Ephraim, are you ready? So this is a, a, a set. I, I should let you respond. Go ahead. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Well done. Well done. Um, so we're going to do a segment called The Flagpole. And... Um, Maddie, tell us what happens at the flagpole every morning in your um, most bunk 14 voice. Go ahead. Well, all the bunks come together like around the flagpole. Every morning, a different bunk goes and helps raise the flag. It's wild yeah. to me. Like, Maddie, yeah. tell me if this resonates at all. But I think like the idea of waking up at, you know, as soon as the sun rises is something that a lot of our kids are not particularly excited for, but it's one of those things that at camp, like getting out of bed sucks, but once you're out of bed and you see all of your friends and you see the rest of camp, it becomes a little bit more something to look forward to. So probably waking up is not the highlight, but getting to flag is kind of an event. So this is the way it works. Maddie and Josh, heads up. We're going to ask you questions. Uh, there are five minutes on the clock. There are no right or wrong answers, but you will be judged extensively. All right. Would you like me to begin, Ephraim, or would you like you to begin? Uh, you can start. Okay. Josh Namaya's greatest um, bunk activity in the history of uh, Camp Tel Noir in your tenure there. Grease watermelon. Grease. <laughs> was that a, was that actually a, a uh, evening activity? More of a yeah. We did bunk a bunk night bunk and then we night. did the uh, greased watermelon. Okay, greased watermelon. Were you good at it or not so good? No. Okay. Um, Maddie, your favorite um, like optional activity? You still call them optionals? What do you call them? Electives. Electives. What's your favorite elective uh, at Tel Noir and why? She's thinking. She's <laughs> I like <got> it. <laughs> I like Master Chef. Master Oh, okay. So become a baker. Ephraim, fire away. Favorite canteen item. Ooh, it's a good one. Frozen orange Gatorade. Wow. Batteries. <laughs> <laughs> now what is it? Double A? In back in your day, Dad, what did you use the batteries for? It was basically the flashlight. Okay. Was, the flashlight was on the whole night and the uh, you know, baby powder fights that you can't have anymore, putting the baby powder in the fan, but you had to see where you were aiming it. Uh, so, yeah, 
Batteries went pretty quick. You need You did need batteries, yeah, frequently. Um, and the Walkman. Don't forget the yellow Walkman. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yep. We all, that was the, the, it was, so I'm older than, than you, Josh, by probably about five years or so, but the, the dawn, or maybe more, I'm sorry, but, but, but the, I remember the dawn of the Walkman era where you would walk into bunks during rest hour and you couldn't, you said, hey, what's up? And no one turned around because everybody had their headphones on. Now, does that still happen, Maddie? Are you guys allowed to listen to music on headphones in the bunk? Yeah. 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 Like iPod, uh, iPod or whatever, like as long mm-hmm. as they're not phones and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you got one? Or you want I got, one? yeah, go for oh, sure. You go. you go. Nice little segue. Song that makes you think about camp. Ooh, it's a good one. Any Billy Joel, uh, James Taylor, throw a couple in there, you'll uh, you'll be pretty good. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Very good. Summertime forever. Now is that a recent I'm not sure song? I know that one. Yeah. Maddie, why don't Do you, you explain a little it? bit? It's uh, you want me to? Okay. Sing so it. it's uh, <laughs> it's become a, a camper like it's it's, it's controversial because if you play it over the summer, mm. it's so sentimental to kids. It really sort of marks sort of the end it's like one of those songs that we'll play at the last slideshow mm-hmm. and for kids like they hear the first well, note I of it there it is it, it has an instant emotional reaction for many kids Maddie's crying already <laughs> <laughs> so is this a song that was like a hit song or something or is it just some weird it was actually written by a camper not at Tilnor at another overnight camp and oh. it resonates so well with so many kids who like look like that 10 for two idea it's everything to them um and so i think yeah maddie back me up on this but a lot of kids they hear that song and i'll give you a quick story yeah. i have a spotify playlist that i play every opening day and when we have uh, prospective family day when we have carnivals it's just sort of like my go-to i want a music atmosphere right. around yeah. camp and i had the song on there because uh, it made me think of camp, mm-hmm. and kids came up to my in my office and they're like, "You take that song off that playlist right now." <laughs> wow, we are not ready to hear that song. Like, oh my they, I was god, like, <laughs> can't argue with that. Um, I just got a little chill. <laughs> like that's weird. Um, we didn't have one like that back in our day. I don't think. I mean, the song that the song that people would think of as a sad song from our era is probably "You've Got a Friend" by uh, James Taylor. I remember um, standing on the the hill, looking down by the water, the little. You know, right by by the beach, mm-hmm. with the you know the TN burning and that song, and everyone's crying the last yep. night. I mean, that's kind of yeah, that's I, yeah. Um, and then um, Rob Kramer would come up and play some Metallica song and ruin the mood. <laughs> he he would just do that sort of thing. Okay, we have time for maybe two more questions. Um, well, let's, I'll, I'll keep it simple for both of you. Uh, favorite tell no or meal, or, or, or breakfast, dinner, uh, dessert, anything. Grilled cheese. Oh my God! Yes, it's for some reason, um, grilled cheeses have never tasted better. I was trying to give you a, uh, yeah, that's for you, Matt. Um, it was. Is it still the first lunch when you show up? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The grilled cheese. We had to have the tomato soup. Tomato. No, there was, we didn't. A, there was Did a we tomato soup, soup that went with it sometimes. They're those plastic bowls. Well, yes, I'll take your word for it. I'm they not still sure have the plastic that. bowls. Yeah. Those are still there. Um, how about you, Josh? I'd probably have to say the. Grilled cheese, as well. But again, original. They, yeah, thank you. I've been studying for dessert. This. How about dessert, or snack, or anything like that? If Ryan's looking at well, me, ice cream. We, whenever the whenever the snack was ice cream, right in front of the little fence when you're oh, running yeah. down the the road. Yeah, they, they were lined up, and you could see it was an ice cream bar or a, a popsicle. That was that was not was, the cookies. The cookies. Cookies yeah. were okay. Yeah. Cookies and chocolate milk. Apples. And then, mm. Yeah, I know. Whenever it was fruit, oh, it was on. like, oh, give us a break. How about you, Maddie? <laughs> I don't know. No? No good desserts? Do you still do Boston cream pie? Fan favorite. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you like Molly's uh, cookies that she made. She also made the brownie bars. What did she call them? Blondies. 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 Talked about those okay. for quite a while. Very good. Well, the whistle signals the end of the flagpole. Congratulations, you guys just passed. The prime, didn't they do well? Fantastic. Thank you. Tell Noah's finest. Yeah. All right. So in, in a moment, Ephraim, you're going to get into uh, a more in-depth interview with our guests, if I'm not mistaken, right? Are you all set for that? All set. Hi, doctor. My brother here is pretty sick. What's the problem, young man? Help. I need somebody. Okay, so what hurts? Well, woke up, got out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. Uh, right. Then what happened? Y- you got that something. I think you'll understand. Is he talking solely in Beatles lyrics? That's right, Doc. It's getting better all the time. It's not, Doc. Ever since he started listening to Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette, it's Beatles 24-7. Ah, look at all the lonely people. Get Back to the Beatles? Yes, it's a podcast on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. It took me so long to find out, but I found out. Please stop singing Ticket to Ride. Uh, That was actually from Day Tripper. You too, Doc? Gotta admit, I can't wait to log on to pod617.com to hear Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette. I give up. Goodbye. Uh, you say goodbye. I say hello. Get back, Jojo. Make sure to check for the latest episode of Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Welcome to Great Moments in Camp Telnor History, brought to you by the New Diamond. It's not new. And it's barely a diamond. But when there's absolutely no place else to have your activity, choose the new diamond. It was the summer of 1986. The Red Sox were in first place, and sports fans were fascinated by ESPN's Chris Berman, who amused TV viewers with his clever brand of nicknames. Bert B. Home, Blylevin. Jose, can you see Cruz? O to B, Young Again, McDowell. The nickname craze swept through the bunks of Camp Telnor, and soon there was talk of Sharon crazy like a fox. Lance drove my Chevy to the levee, and Gabrielle, she's not my type, Daniels. But one surname perplexed all, Namias. For days, the brother-sister duo of Sarah and Josh Namias suffered alone with no nickname in sight. And then one day, as campers were being shuttled back to camp from Canopy Lake Park, a call came from the rear of the bus. Good morning, Vietnam! Adopted lovingly by the Namias family, the name Viet Namias went on to become the greatest nickname in the history of the storied summer camp. That was a great moment in Camp Telnoer history, also brought to you by Shepherd's Pie. When there's mashed potatoes on Sunday, beef on Tuesday, and peas on Wednesday, enjoy the fresh taste of Shepherd's Pie on Thursday. Shepherd's Pie. It's really just a bunch of random stuff on a plate. What'd you think, guys? Brings me right back. Love it. And and was the story told accurately, Josh? It it sounds accurate. I just uh, forever known. I took the liberties with some of the facts there, but and anyways, he, he was known as Josh Vietnamias. Uh, Sarah, maybe not so much. I don't know if she was known as, but but probably not. The, ironically, the <laughs> but the, the original inspiration for the nickname w- was Sarah's, strangely enough, because uh, and I don't have to tell the whole story. All right, Ephraim, I turn the t- I turn the uh, mic over to you. Awesome, thank you. 
Um, so for us, this is such a cool thing. And, and thank you guys again for joining us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Every episode of 10 for 2, we were hoping to explore a different aspect of camp culture and what makes Tell Nowhere so special and unique. And one of the things that I've always loved about it is we have families who come to camp for all different reasons. Um, and in particular tonight, we wanted to explore the idea of multi-generational camping, right? Like Josh, you went and you had your own camp experience and now you get a chance to watch camp through Maddie's eyes. And Maddie, you get to have your own unique experience. Um, so I want to explore some of the ways in which your camp experiences might be similar and some of the things that might be different and, and how that plays out and how that is a shared bond that the two of you have together. Um, so I'd love to just start off by kind of getting your sense of what makes Tell Nowhere unique and special to you. Um, based on your own experiences. And Maddie will have your dad start, and Josh, you can start, and then Maddie, you can go next. It's actually a hard question to answer. I think there's just a feel. I think when you when you walk in, we kind of joke about when you drive down Main Street, you know, and you start to get that butterfly feeling in your stomach, even when, you know, we go for an alumni event or something like that. It's just this feeling about camp. Yeah, I, I think the bonds that you create, the friendships that you make, to me, are, are really what it's all about. Each spot in camp when you know I go for an alumni or bring Maddie for drop off or pick up you know each one has a, a special moment or I remember someone or something uh, and I think that connection was something I was excited to kind of pass on to Maddie and have her experience uh, and the friendships and you know with with Facebook and other you know, things like that we're able to keep in touch with people and you know while I don't talk to all my camp friends all the time it's, you know some more than others I know if I needed something, I could pick up the phone and any of them would kind of jump in a heartbeat same way if they ever needed anything, even though I may not have talked to them for 20 years. There's that feeling. And I think Maddie can talk about her first experiences. I mean, I remember she always heard me talk about it and how much I loved it and kind of my almost pathetic nature and love for it. Um, but I think when she came to an event and she, as we were leaving, she looked at me and said, okay, I want to come. And this was, I think, about three or four weeks before camp actually started for that session and so I said well I'm not sure and I said but if I go find a fry him and you know there's a spot if I do that you're in she goes I'm in all right Maddie your turn thank you Josh like when you think about camp what makes it so special for you well definitely all my friends and counselors and the electives and the food and like like he already said like driving down main street and like getting the butterflies in your stomach and just knowing that you're going to have a good time no matter what. Awesome. Awesome. I, I think, you know, for, for a lot of our kids, especially our first time campers, they come into camp and they have no idea what to expect. You're in a little bit of a unique situation where your dad had been talking about camp for a gazillion years. What were some of the things that you remember him talking about before you even started camp? And, and, you know, how did that inform your excitement for going to camp for the first time for, you know, for your first summer? Like all the friendships, and how like everyone's always there for each other. Had you met some of your dad's camp friends in the past? I remember, yeah, I have. I remember at um, one of the reunions, um, I had met my friend Leah Katz, mm -hmm. but I didn't like, she went first session, I went second. And so I didn't really know her or like was friends with her. And now we're super close, so. And you keep in touch with uh, everybody in your bunk, like, yeah, Turn. all the time. How do you do that? All the time. All the time. Texting, Phone, email. Instagram. So how many how many uh, girls are on that text chain? Um, a lot. Twenty something. <laughs> so there is a text chain, and is yes. it frequently traveled? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you talk about boys, maybe a little. Don't answer that. So I mean, and, then, <laughs> and that's something Go different ahead, too, though. I mean, if, to talk about a little bit of differences, which we maybe we'll get into yes. in a little bit, but you know, that's one thing where when when I was at camp. 
we didn't have any of this kind of, to be able to text or interact. It was either a phone call, and that was very infrequent, occasionally a letter. You know, and to get together with someone was the biggest deal. You know, I grew up in Marblehead, and I remember driving to see Seth Freeman. Uh, what's up, Monsky? And, uh, right, driving to Framingham for a weekend, like, that was a huge deal. We would meet at the Burlington Mall in front of, you know, Jordan Marsh, and that was really a kind of the big thing to do. It was and, like, when you saw Cam Friend, it was almost like they had a glow around them. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you, you really didn't get to see him. And you said, like, letters or phone calls. The, you know, the... I still have my yearbooks. They're they're all like dog-eared and everything. They're all beaten up because you would flip through those things. It was the only way you had to get in touch with people. Does the yearbook have email addresses in it now, or do you, not even? We don't even publish the there's no info contact okay. info because right. they already have not it. Not needed, right? Yeah, everybody shares. They can yeah. find it. They can look it up. They have a, our families all have access to an online portal with all of their important documents and all that kind of stuff, and that's all on there. So they have access to it 24-7 whenever they need it. It was in the back of our yearbook, right? I mean, the, yeah, the, the last, the last 20 few pages, pages were uh, all the lists and the addresses and the phone numbers. Yeah. And, yeah. You have to remember which Josh you are friends with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See who signed the yearbook. Yeah. That's, that's which one of the 18 Joshes that you're friends right? You um, show up at his house and you're like, oh. Wrong one. <laughs> so for like parents, alumni, whoever who might not know, I guess his parents were talking about, but who might not know about that portal, they go, just go to camptelnoir.org or... Yeah, so for families who are registered, they okay. have access, so it's password protected. Uh, but as a parent, Josh can go in, and if Maddie has a friend and she's like, you know, I don't know where they live, or I don't know how to get in touch with them, Josh can get access to that um, and contact the parents. It is really neat because a lot of her, even within her bunk, I mean, some of her friends and bunk mates were actually our kids of the people I went to camp with. So we've kind of recreated a, a friendship from some of those uh, old friendships where I may not have seen people for you know, a lot of years. Yeah, I think, and, and Josh, you mentioned this before, you know, there's so much that is the same about how camp worked, you know, and getting a chance to see it through Maddie's eyes. And there's so many things that are different. And one of the things that's different that I've seen is like, when I was a camper, like my parents had no idea who my friends were, let alone my friends' parents. There was no interaction with that. Um, so can both of you, I'm curious from your perspectives, what have you seen, Josh, you can speak to remembering your camper experience, but some of those things that sort of stay true that are tell Noir that will be the same, you know, 50 years from now as they were 40 years ago. And what are some of the things that you see as different? So, I mean, I think a lot of the similarities, I mean, you know, dance in the Dell, I mean, some of those kind of true, you know, the Shabbat walking into Shabbat. Now you have the little white gate that people walk through, which we didn't have. But that, that same feeling of everybody kind of sitting together, um, the dance in the dell, the walk up the hill uh, to, to go to dinner, um, you know, even going back and visiting the smell of the bathroom, the Ajax that you could, you know, after the bad smells went away, the permeating smell in your nose. Um, to me, that is something that even when I walk on to, to camp now, I, I see and you can experience. As far as differences, one of the big differences that I found uh, is mealtime. So in our day, you walk in, you sat at your table, and you couldn't get up. If you had to go to the bathroom, you had to get an active uh, deed from Congress to actually get up and go to the bathroom. Whereas now, there's a lot more kind of mingling, people getting up to the tables, things like that. Um, so to me, that was when we came for some event, that was a big shock saying, wait, wait, why are they getting up? They're not supposed to get up. You know, someone's going to yell. You know, Irv's going to yell. Larry Robinson's looking at you. Things like that. And more likely now, if uh, if you're getting up from your table, I'm going to yell, can you grab me something from the breakfast bar, you know? <laughs> breakfast bar. See, we didn't have breakfast bars. No, we didn't have a pasta close. bar, a salad bar, all the good stuff they uh, they have now. Is it a berry day? Can you get me berry bar? <laughs> What's a berry bar? Um, well, there are all different kinds of, like, fruits. Like, my favorite is strawberries. I always get, like, 
a big bowl of strawberries. Oh, this, okay, I get it. A berry bar. I was thinking like a granola bar, something like that. Do you mean there's a bar with a whole bunch of berries? That's, that's amazing. I mean, uh, yeah, we had, you know, eat your brisket and get the hell out, you know. And that was breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had bagels like maybe twice a summer. There were bagels. It was like a big deal. And they were rock hard, but it was, it was all we had. <laughs> And we liked it that way. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just to say, you know, one of the things that I think is, again, so interesting is like that feeling of being in the dining hall and being with all your friends and having your meal together is one of the things that I hear from people all the time that that that, that sort of resonates regardless of the generation that you went to camp. But the particulars are very different, right? Like, so Maddie, the food that you're eating, the experience that you have in the dining hall is probably very different than, you know, Josh, what you survived the summers on. Even the building itself. I mean, just, you know, we had uh, out the, what was it, fifth row name. Remember anyone? Siberia. Siberia, Siberia right? Course, so yeah. it was hot. You know, no one wanted to be in Siberia yeah. and Maddie, dark. Do you know what Siberia is? Well, no. it doesn't exist in the new, in the new, the new mess nice. hall, right? So Wait, Siberia hall, was when you walked in the dining hall at the very end, the last row, I think it was the fifth row, if I'm not mistaken, right. was kind of way in the back, and the fans didn't quite reach there. We didn't have air conditioning in the dining hall. And it would get really hot, and Siberia was basically out in the middle of nowhere. It was weird because my first couple of summers, I thought it was called Siberia because the fa- there were fans back there, and I thought it was called Siberia because it was cold back there. But it, it really wasn't cold back there. It's you, you, you hit it. It's because it was way the hell back there. But the the but you kind of wanted to be in Siberia because you know then you could make a couple extra jokes, you know, have a little bit more fun because you know that like the the brass, the Telnauer brass. No offense, friend. What happens in Siberia stays in Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you want to, you know, blow milk out of your nose, you know, go for it if you're in Siberia. Yeah. What's it like when you guys talk camp during the year? A lot of the times it's similar, but then sometimes I'll say something or I'll be singing a song or doing a dance and he'll have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm talking about. Yeah, even some of the things, you know, when you're doing the, the prayer after the meal where we had our little sayings, I won't go into some of the details, but we were to change the words, they changed different words or she'd look at me like I was crazy. Even some of the banging on the table gestures that we did were a little bit different. We talked about this idea of multi-generational camping that, you know, Maddie, the experiences that you have over your summers are, are similar in some ways to what your dad got to experience. And Josh, you get a chance to sort of relive a little bit of what you had as a kid by watching it through Maddie. What does it mean to you guys, both Josh as a parent and Maddie as a kid, to know that you have this in common and you get a chance to share this piece and the connection of Telnar? I'll, I'll go first. All right. Um, Maddie has this adorable look on her face. I hope you don't mind me saying so, Dad. But 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 for those of you wondering if she's just ignoring us, she's not. She's thinking. Go ahead, Josh. So I, it is it is a special bond. I mean, it's it's that connection of the the, the place, just the, the the Sunset Lake, right? All the little corners, the rec hall, how that smells, the gym. I mean, while they've done a lot of changes, you know, bigger, nicer bathrooms, things like that. The core, and I really appreciate that this hasn't changed, but the core of camp hasn't changed, right? The bunks smell the same. My name is still written on the on the, in the rafters of a couple of the bunks. Like, to me, that's an important thing because while it's not roughing it in the sense that you're pitching a tent and you're sleeping in the rain, it's different than what we have at home, right? And so I, you know, that, that not being able to have your cell phone, those things are important, but I think it allows her to sort of experience kind of a little bit of what we had before where we didn't have a lot of the technology, we didn't have all these electronics and things that you could, you know, and putting it away, you know, and it's different. We used to go outside and ride our bikes and play, you know, now it's, we're on our phones and things like that, which is different. It's not right or wrong, it's wrong, but it's, um, <laughs> it's a different way of doing things. So to me, that's an important thing. And just 
kind of she's heard my pathetic talk about this for so many years and why I love it and all that and now I see she's totally bought in she drank the Kool-Aid she gets how cool it is how nice it is just the again the camp itself but just those bonds that you make they're not they're not breakable right I mean you know watching her go through the bat mitzvah tour with her friends and you know wanting to be at all those things like it's it's awesome when they see each other and they'll see one someone first week and then next week they'll be at a different bat mitzvah they run and scream and tackle each other in the lobby of these hotels as if they haven't seen each other <laughs> since camp you know 10 months ago so uh, that to me is a special thing that we get to share and you know fortunately my my younger daughter will be going this summer for her first time so it's something that now she has heard kind of Maddie talk and come home with all her different dances and her jazz moves and all these other things that we're doing uh and I've certainly been talking. And Maddie, just want to get your take on that. Sort of what it's like for you to be able to spend your summers at a place that you know your dad used to run around to. Well, I mean, I think it's cool that, like, at camp, I have, like, my own, like, life kind of community. And then when I get home, I can still talk about it and express it. And, like, my dad and my sister and my mom now to, like, know how I feel. Um... But then when I'm at camp, it's like I still have that connection at home, but it's like different when I'm at camp because I'm with my friends and counselors and doing all the activities. It's an amazing thing, and I think that that, that 10 for 2 sense, right? Like yeah. you can wake up in the morning and be like, I'm one day closer to camp, and your family knows what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and they're excited for you and, and in some ways probably jealous. Very jealous. <laughs> well, Namias says thank you guys well, so I'm much. For coming in. We really, really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys at camp soon. Sounds good. Thanks to Northern Lights, our sponsor of 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Noah podcast. We love you guys. Go to northernlightsentertainment.com for all that info. Anything you want to know about Camp Tell Noah, all the stuff that Ephraim has to tell you and to share, of course, go to camptellnoah.org. We remind you that 10 for 2 is a production of the Boston Podcast Network. Please check out all the pods, all the great stuff we have at pod617.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on Apple, your Apple, uh, of course, iTunes, your Apple podcast app. Anywhere, anywhere, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Nowhere podcast. Until next time, this is David Yaz. And of course, thanks to Ryder Mutowitz, the director of Camp Tell Nowhere, our camp of golden pleasure. See you next time. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to Pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked. And the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the Pod Revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust.